follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you tonight? Uh, doing good, Shad. Yeah? Doing mm-hmm. good. All right. We want to say thank you to everybody out there joining us. Thank you for being with us for this episode. We'll get our shout-outs taken care of. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four capital C and Corners Capital P and Podcast. Save ten percent off your order. And then our other shout out goes over to Matt. Yeah, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. You know, I don't know if Orlando Cologne has a YouTube channel, but by God, we sure do. We have a YouTube <laughs> channel now, guys. Yes. We do. So if you look All it right. up on if you look it up on um, YouTube, it is Four Corners Podcast. Four Corners is one word. Um, you'll see our logo. Currently, we have last week's episode up, and we have a cut of uh, one of our match reviews that came out today. Um, well, the day of the recording, which is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So for right now, we're going to put up episodes, and we're going to we might do some exclusive match reviews for it, but we're going to we're going to mine and pull like some of our match reviews for it. Um, I'm in the process of moving right now. So once that is done, we are going to explore some options of stuff for the channel. Yeah. I, um, I actually just posted the, the link to our YouTube channel on, on our Twitter. We're recording this on a uh, Tuesday night, April 6th. So if anyone wants to like mark it on their timeline, but <laughs> Um, I posted the YouTube channel, and I think I posted on there like we would in the future do ex- exclusive content, which I'm kind of I'm I'm putting myself on the hook for that, so maybe maybe, the, maybe I'll be the one doing <laughs> exclusive content. There's, um, there's some stuff I have planned that um, I'm going to get into in a couple months, uh, but if there's one thing you can do if you're listening to this or you see Matt post it, um, subscribe. That's going to help us out a lot with YouTube, mm, a lot. Yeah. It's about everything on there, so yeah. that would help us a lot. Um, and also, if if you want to actually see our pretty shining faces, we did a couple of live streams with the Open Airlock Policy YouTube channel the last two weeks, so check him yeah. out. Um, check our appearance out. We talk some wrestling. Um, we compare Vince to Bigfoot at one point. <laughs> But um, yeah, so yeah, we check, totally did. Check yeah. out our YouTube. Um, we're 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 discussing some things. I don't want to get into details and promise something we can't deliver. So we'll get we'll we'll dig into that deeper as time goes on. But if you prefer that method, yeah, I think. Um, Good. Have at it. 
pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think, I, I guess we could be exclusive down the road, and this is like quite down the road, but like once, you know, once the pandemic has died down more and they actually start having shows that people are actually going to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I have, if I had the opportunity to go to a show, like I think I can, it would be nice if I could get video or audio from people, maybe just fan reactions or some of our buddies, like uh friend of the show, Christy Petrillo <laughs> <laughs> or our friend Damien. Like it's just people. If, if I have a chance to go to the show with them, just to like, get their thoughts on the show, something like that. I could, we could throw that up on YouTube. Like there's a lot of possibilities. Sure. Yeah. And it's YouTube. It's not like a podcast feed. <laughs> people aren't going to be mad at us for like inundating it with content. Yeah. I mean, it's just, to me, it's like, it's for fun. It's some, it's another way to kind of get our product out there. Um, and again, if we do exclusive stuff for the YouTube, it's just like, you know, it's for fun. Just talk about stuff, get people interested. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, another way of delivering content that might just kind of suit how you mm-hmm. want to listen. My, and so, you know, it's 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 another service that we're another method that we're offering, and um, you know we'll we may goof around with some stuff here in the near future. But uh, all right, tonight we're gonna do something I don't we haven't done in quite a while. I don't think um, we used to call it the state of right now, but this is a uh, current events. What the heck is going on? And um, We've got a we've got a list to go down. So what's first on our list, Brad? This so, is uh, sorry to interrupt you, Brad. This is actually a good week to be going into this because it's it's WrestleMania week, but it just there's a lot there's actually a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And none of it really has to do with WrestleMania. Yeah, very very little. Like maybe I think one topic. I've yeah. seen oh, I've seen maybe. almost no hype for WrestleMania at all. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I I, I don't. Well, I'm, they moved it over, I guess, on Easter Friday. Not Easter Friday, on Easter Sunday. I think they moved everything over to the Peacock. It's not, well, not everything, because content isn't, <laughs> content hasn't been loaded up. But uh, I don't think, I think the WWE Network is officially no more, at least in the United States. Okay. It, I have not signed up for Peacock. I actually I, think the two-night thing um, hurts the hype for it a lot. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense, because then if there's a particular match you're wanting to see, then you got to go digging and find out what night it's on and that sort of good stuff. And I think I think it hurt Wrestle Kingdom too, to be honest. I think it has. I think the the first time was kind of like a novelty. And but the second time it was kind of like, come on, guys! Like I really don't want to have to be here for two days to see this stuff. Yeah. But like, um, so this was, I think we're into a month since, well, no, about three weeks. So NWA power came back early in March and we're about three weeks into the new TV for it. Um, I have been watching it pretty religiously, actually. Um, you can follow, it's not on YouTube for free anymore. You have to get on fight and it's a $5 subscription for the TV, Mm. which I don't think I... I don't know if I actually like that because I feel like if you put it out there for free, you're going to get more people quarterly to to pop for 15 or 20 bucks, which I think you're going to come out ahead on versus doing a, a, a monthly subscription, however small for TV. Is it is it five dollars per week or is it five dollars for like a month's worth of content? 
five dollars for a month and you get access okay. to it all i think oh, is wow. that just do you have to uh, specifically subscribe to power or is this just like you have some sort of sub with fight tv uh you subscribe to like power via fight tv okay because like i'm subscribed to impact through fight as well okay yeah because i've i've bought shows individually on fight tv but i haven't really explored any sort of like subscription yeah and it's um so yeah it's five dollars which i some people are gonna scoff at that and to me it's like it's five dollars like i waste five dollars on dumber crap than a month's worth a month's worth of of tv i I mean if you get a basically you get like a starbucks coffee it's it's that's the equivalent yeah, and that's not good. <laughs> well, I would Starbucks say you're coming out ahead getting a month of NWA power versus getting st- a cup of Starbucks. A, a cup of burnt to a crisp coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, the only digressing. The only thing, the only thing good about Starbucks is their 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 specialty flavored coffees. But that's basically like if you want to eat, have your breakfast and lunch in one drink. The problem with Starbucks milk. is they charge you a metric fuckload for their drinks and even if you like something there they will not prepare it well three out of five times and if you go to a really good starbucks they won't they'll get it right four out of five times but there's still that one time and then it's like every time it's bad you're like why did i spend five dollars on this like you should be allowed to you should be allowed to throw it in the employee's face if it's bad because it's so expensive like it's just not because i like there's like a there's like a tea i like that's got like a minty flavor and i go to multiple starbucks and it's maybe good two out of ten times so i just stopped getting it yeah my wife and i you know like the starbucks they have at um like inside of a target yeah. it used to be that's really like the only time we ever get like a starbucks more but my wife and i would we would it would get to the point where we would find the targets that, that had like the, the employees would actually competently make like one specific drink like oh, okay this place does like a good uh, pumpkin spice latte so <laughs> just order that from that one location because otherwise it's like it's going to be crap like like brad said like most other places they do it if you order the same drink they're, gonna, they're not going to do it right you have to find the one diamond in the rough and the other thing that drives me nuts is like you can go to McDonald's and pay a fraction of the cost and it's at least consistently okay. It might not blow your mind, when but it comes it'll to least... fast food coffee. Say what? When it comes to fast food coffee, McDonald's is pretty good and they'll uh, mix yeah. it up as you want, you know, cream, okay. sugar, that sort of stuff. I always just drink I drink my coffee black, therefore well, funny, I can't stand Starbucks. Funny story but. about McDonald's coffee is they essentially um, bought Tim Horton's coffee distributor out from under them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they have Tim Horton's coffee Tim now. Because Tim lowballed their old, old distributor, didn't they? Yeah. I, like, Tim Horton's wasn't paying. McDonald's was like, was like, okay, well, we've got a big boy offer, so now Tim Horton's has, like, crap coffee, and McDonald's has their coffee. That kind of blows my mind. I'm going to have to talk to our friend Justin up in Canada about that. Oh, yeah? My wife and I actually like Starbucks coffee. I'm a Starbucks coffee. I mean, McDonald's coffee. It's actually, to me, I think it's just about as good as you can get for fast food coffee. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, 
I might like Duncan a little more, but I don't feel like Duncan's like amazing. When I can get a large coffee from McDonald's for a buck, you're going to have to go a long way towards climbing that hill to, to, to beat that price point. My wife and I usually like to treat ourselves to McDonald's coffee uh, on Friday. It's, yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of have like the system now. You basically have to know like the lingo. So I, when I order it, I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to. I want two, two medium coffees, five and five. And they give you uh, five shots of sugar, five shots of cream. That's <laughs> wow. interesting. And, but it's so funny because I will say that to them and they're like, oh, okay, thanks. Next window. They know immediately what I'm talking about. <laughs> we appreci- They appreciate someone who knows what's up. Yeah. It's like, oh, we don't have to try and sit here and puzzle this one out. The guy knows what he wants. That's good. Uh, but that said, to kind of bring it back, I I actually think $5 a month for power is is worth it. Yeah, I think it's – I think I don't know how good of a choice it is for them, though, because it's going to hurt their visibility. Yeah. And um, I think I, I think I think they could make more probably on pay-per-views with a free show than than a paid show. But I, I guess I'm not looking at the finances. But so they've done a pay-per-view and three TV shows. Um, quite a few new faces, obviously, because so many people left. But um, <clears throat> so the, the new faces I made note of uh, Chris Adonis, a.k.a. Chris Masters, is there. Um, mm-hmm. Fred Rosser, who is Darren Young. Um, Slice Boogie, who is a indie guy from the West Coast, I think. Then there's like Mike Paro, who's an indie guy from Florida. And then I think who is a terrible signing on their part is Tyrus, who is um, a.k.a. Brodus Clay, a.k.a. no one ever has anything nice to say about him. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Isn't he and also like 45 years old or oh, something? Oh, he looks old as fuck. And he's getting managed by, like, Austin Idol. And it's just like, man, I really appreciate you dug up Austin Idol, and he's been really fun, but why are you wasting him on this guy? And then Jack Stane and Crimson are there um, also. Mm-hmm. And um, Is uh, is Sicky Dice still there? I've not seen him yet. But they've only done three episodes of TV, so it feels like they're kind of feeling out there. Mm-hmm. Because right now you might have, be taking it slow for. Yeah, you, right now you have Nick Aldis as the world champion. Um, Chris Adonis just beat Trevor Murdoch last week in an angle-driven match for the national title. Um, it, Aaron Stevens um, and some guy named Kratos are the tag champs, and then the Pope, who is um, Elijah Burke, is the TV champion. You got a feel for Aaron Stevens. He was doing this fun gimmick with question mark. And then with everything that happened, he's, you know, trying to pick up and keep going. Yeah. They kind of serious him up for what they're doing now. Um, Mm. So we'll see how it goes with him. It's been, I haven't enjoyed it as much as the, the initial run, but it feels like they're still trying to get their feet under them. Mm hmm. And, um, COVID makes it worse because they have like piped in crowd noise, which I really hate. Oh, they, yeah. They've, they've kind of teased that they're going to do Tim Storm and um, Nick Aldis again. <laughs> but I think where it's really kind of lacking right now is they don't have the top level talent like they did before. 
And I feel like um, I feel like Nick Aldis is getting a little long in the tooth as their champion. Like, I I enjoy him, but I'm also kind of getting to this like, you know, I really need an end game, or I need like that beacon of hope of a face that's gonna beat him. Yeah. And they they really, I I think Trevor Murdoch's gonna be the next challenger for that, but I don't know if I see them necessarily taking their shot with him as their champion long term, other than maybe like a transitional yeah. thing, but. Um, yeah, like it's, it's a worthy hour of your time. I think it goes by quick. I enjoy it, but it's, they've got to work on some things in my opinion, from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, I, they, unfortunately they were, they were going really good and then COVID kind of just really, really shut a lot of things down and they lost like a lot of their most important talent. And yeah. I think Dave Lagana really had things tied together well yeah, and had some plans. And I think they, and like, I think the problem too is, is Corrigan's comfortable with Nick Aldis as his champion. And I think that's actually damaging the product to a degree because like, he's really needed to, and this is nothing against Aldis. I think Aldis is entertaining, but they've essentially had him as their champion for like, other than Cody's like brief little, run with it like i think he's been the champion for almost like four years and um yeah he's had a long time i i buy him as the champion i i like him i think i think i i personally can buy him as like a a main event guy a major star but the problem is that they don't i think you're right like they don't have challenges for him and if he's He's kind of just doing like an homage to like a Ric Flair or and a Nick, Nick Bockwinkle type. Yeah. yeah, where he's like he he's the uh, he's supposed to be like the the heel champion who frequently wins, thinks he's better than everyone else, uh, can hold the belt for long stretches of time. But to make that work, you need a guy. You need like a constant challengers, and really like the thing that actually worked best with with Bockwinkle and with Flair is that. You would build up a guy, a uh, face, a major face, an up and coming guy, and you'd have them lose. You'd have the heel champion and lose to that guy, and they would get it back again when you want to freshen things up. And they were so good, like they would still, you could still get money out of them, and you could, they would get money just in having the new face like chase the title. But and I think you got to have them lose. I even think like in the original run of power that you had like Eli Drake, you had. You had, um, I mean, Tim Storm was out of the equation, but he was always lurking around. You had Ricky Stark, who could have climbed that ladder at some point. You had James Storm. You had Colt Cabana. Like, you had guys with pedigree that yeah. felt like they could win. But now you have, you have Trevor Murdoch, who doesn't feel like someone that you would put your belt on long term. You have Tim Storm doing announcing you have the Pope as like your TV guy and Aaron Stevens, who I don't think I would personally ever see as a world champion. So it's like really, no. it's really, yeah. it really hampers them because you're like, well, who, who do you have that makes a viable world champion that doesn't feel like you just took a, a huge downgrade um, talent and name they don't, wise? I don't think, I don't think they really have that person. No, they don't. I feel I feel like they would be they would be really best served if they 
if they were to pair with a different within the company. I, you know what I would do? I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would partner with AEW, and I would get Dustin to come in, mm. take the belt off of him for like a little bit. I I personally feel I, I like that idea. I I agree with you. I think AEW would be would be key, especially since AEW. There's a that's a whole other discussion we could get into. AEW seems that they just have like an absolute ton of guys on their roster or associated with them. I don't know. If it's people mm, actually that's, signed. It's a good way of putting it. But you have a ton of guys, and uh, I mean AEW Dark sh- should not be like three hours long every week. Like there's. I mean, it's mostly like squash matches. Like it's you, all squash matches. You get like maybe you don't, one or two. Yeah, you don't need that. So why don't why don't you do like a partnership where you take some of those AEW guys and you basically lend them to NWA Power. You have those guys getting experience. You have them working matches with with fresh talent. You have them maybe creating compelling storylines, and then you could you could do something with. Then both the NWA Power and you can bring like the NWA Power guys in. Like I've all, unfortunately, like you have a heel champion in Kenny Omega, but I've always felt that I said that I, I kind of felt this way back in early 2020, and I guess late 2019 when when NWA Power was really like going. I thought that they could have done a Power uh, AEW, not like a feud per se, but definitely like some some cross promotion. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like you could have had Nick Galdas come in and do a program with the top face. Something like that. I, I don't know. Just yeah. Real world champion yeah. versus whatever. And then if if you don't end up wanting to put someone over, you could do a screw finish. But that's kind of a, a unsatisfying way to end it. But I, it, I really like Go ahead. I'm sorry. I really like this idea that you're throwing out of, uh, of bringing Dustin in. I feel he would actually really fit with it. I mean, I, obviously because I mean he he has the NWA WCW roots, but I think he he's such a great worker. Like he could really make it compelling. The only so. the only downfall that I would see to this plan is that you would not want to make like you you'd want to be word i'm looking for here i think judicious you'd want to be judicious in in how you exchange people back and forth so that uh nwa doesn't start feeling like they're just being a farm league for AEW. i would um, feel like i'd feel like this would be which, more of a one-sided thing where you would send your you would say AEW would just be sending guys that, over there to get some extra work is how i would see this well, I mean, you, you. I mean, you can, you can totally do it, but you just. I'm just saying, you'd want to make sure that they don't feel like that they're just, um, you know, that they, it's like, hey, we're gonna send you some guys to, you know, get some polish and get a little better, and then power's kind of like, why are you, you know, it, so it doesn't feel like it's like, hey, we're sending you to the, the B squad to get better, you know, it, it, it's it's. We would want to avoid having that happen so it could be a happy partnership. I also think the problem Power has right now is they really don't serve a purpose. Could you expand on that, please? Well, like the landscapes really change. Like they had they had their core group of guys before, but like they don't they don't have a niche. Okay. 
Like Impact has their niche, Ring of Honor has their niche, AEW and WWE have their niches, but like, and the NWA is just kind of out there in the middle, and they don't like, you, you know, who do they cater to that no one else caters to? Like that's kind of their problem, because I feel like they they found they had a nice little thing carved out at first, like they were they were appealing to like an old school fan, but like the storytelling was good and it was like bright and shiny. So you could bring in some younger fans, like with their, you know, with the older fans, like it it, it did have like a niche, but it's, it's kind of with the, with the talent they've lost and stuff. They really just feel like kind of an indie with, with shiny production right now. Whereas before they did not. Okay, I was getting ready to say that's that's what they were doing, but now I see where you're going with it. And yeah, you're right. The um, you know losing as many people as they did may, obviously makes it difficult because now it's like, well, crap. What do we do? Is like, well, we try and pick up and continue on as best we can, but that's that's frustrating to wait on. Is like, okay, when when are you guys getting back to how you were? you know, that stuff I really enjoyed. It's like, well, we're working on it. There's some other things that have hurt them, hurt them though. Like they've been doing this stuff with Thunder Rosa and Camille for the women's title, but like Serena Deeb hasn't actually shown up on TV yet. And that kind of really, right. It it doesn't help them. So then I would say, and and Rosa is, is, you know, being shown so prominently on, on AEW too. I think that helps them though, actually. Oh, fair enough. That's a so two things like that. I don't know what's going on with with Rosa. I don't know what her contracts up because it it very much almost seems like she's more of an AEW talent at this point. Even though she does a lot of she does her own like indie stuff. She has her own like indie company, and she is I think still still technically part of the NWA, but. Um, and the other thing is, like, you're probably not going to see Serena Deeb for a little bit because she, not that long ago, underwent, like, knee surgery. She had, like, her knee scoped. Mm. So it, it's not, like, a reconstruction, so it should she should be back relatively quickly, but it would not surprise me if she's not around for another month or so. That's still something you want to take some time and have, have yeah. happen right. Yeah. So then I would say... Has this been the juiciest bit of drama the last month or so in the wrestling landscape? Uh, if I'm looking at my program correctly, then uh, I would say it probably is. Okay, so this is the... I'm going to call this the Andrade getting released slash is Charlotte pregnant with um, a child or not <laughs> drama. It, it sounds... It almost sounds like a Days of Our Lives storyline except that none of this is on screen you you honestly wouldn't know anything about it if not for basically the internet wrestling community yeah mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the dirt sheets no one would have any idea basically so any, anyway um with the Andra- and andrade release he asked for his release they didn't want to release him because they won't do anything with him but they know he's marketable so, yeah, I think I think Meltzer at one point said um, I think his his statement was Vince doesn't see anything in him, which is like, whoa, what? Yeah, I, well, isn't that just the story 
of so many guys that have either that are either currently in the WWE or have been in WWE the last well you could say like many many years but certainly yeah. last like 10 years like you have a guy he's super talented uh, I mean they had him take off the mask and you know uh, like a lot of actually masked wrestlers he took off the mask and it's like oh he's actually very handsome so you can mm-hmm. he's completely marketable in that regard I mean he told a story he did an interview um, after his release, which was only in Spanish, and my Spanish isn't great, but I did get some English translation mm-hmm. for it, and it was actually with Hugo Savinovich. Um, and ba- one of the things he basically said was that the only reason he even got the NXT title is because they didn't they didn't want to transition. They didn't want. I think they wanted to keep like uh, they wanted to keep Drew kind of strong. Okay, so they didn't. They didn't. They thought Adam. They thought Adam Cole beating him wasn't right because Adam Cole is too little. Which I'm not even. I I've kind of shared this before. I'm not even the biggest Adam Cole fan, but I do feel bad for the guy. Like the guy is over with people, and I do think he's talented. Like he. He's ridiculously he, small, though. He should be on the main roster and should have been on the main roster at a minimum two years years ago like him and all of the undisputed era he should there should be storylines built around him he should be like a major uh, one of the one of their main talents on the mm-hmm. main rosters but he isn't i think part of that is because it's like he's not a big dude he's like going back to like the 1990s early 2000s he's like a Shawn michaels build maybe yeah, yeah. he's smaller than that I've, I've been at shows and i've been near him and he is like my size I've never I've said I've shared in this podcast I'm not really an Adam Cole fan I've never kind of bite the like gotten the hype for him but it's to the point where it's I feel he is so obviously being screwed over that I now feel sympathy like they, they they've get, they've made but, me have sympathy I think the problem is they is they signed him so no one, he he's in this huge class of guys that I classify as they never had any plan for them or wanted to do anything with them. They just signed them so that no one else could have them or make money off of them. Mm. That I I think that's 100% accurate, and yet they still actually made him over. He got over, and they actually did something with him that got over with, that resonated with people, that people liked. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Undisputed Era, at least in, in NXT, and even when they were doing some... some try brand promotion stuff like what 2019 like yeah. he was he was over like they were booking him well but nothing nothing since then it's like it's just it's a joke but that's that's apparently according to andrade that's the only reason why he even got the title is because they thought they wanted they were going to move drew up to the main roster but adam cole to them was too little so like you don't want this little guy pinning you know big big bruiser uh drew so let's just have uh, uh it be like a schmaz thing where andrade gets the title then you can have uh you can have adam cole win down the line either from andrade or someone else funny, but... the funny thing is him and gargano um probably had the best match in nxt history and andrade's gone and they fucking nxt has just systematically destroyed gargano since then yeah he's not yeah He's not over anymore. Like he was their best baby face, 
and they yeah. ruined him with that Champa series. And then they were like, well, he's not over anymore because we fucking <laughs> botched that whole feud. And shocker, when you make your face look like a putz, he's not over anymore. So I guess we'll turn him heel. And then he sucks as a heel. But then, you know, we have to do all this other dumb crap. Like, let's have him feud endlessly with Leon Ruff because that's what people want to see. Yeah, that's that's going to do absolutely nothing for anyone. Not even Leon Ruff. Yeah, and now and now Johnny Gargano is not over anymore and no one likes him because he's annoying and he's not a good heel. <laughs> The, and they uh, didn't even have him on the main roster to do that. NXT did that all on their own. Yeah. The damnable thing that happened is, you know, like you said, Andrade had one of their best matches, just just sheer in-ring talent. Um, and managing him, like the whole thing wore, you know, really... You know, was really working, and you know he's really killing it. And they bring him up, and Heyman's doing stuff with him, and that's going well. And they're like, "All right, this is really working." And it's like, "No, I don't see anything with him." And I well, think no, what happened there? Matt, is what I know happened what in, there is they got rid of Heyman, and then Bruce Pritchard was like, "Well, like he didn't wrestle a de- he wasn't here a decade ago when um." When I remember wrestling, so I'm just going to shuffle him off to the side. But what I was also going to say, though, is they had something I thought pretty special with him and Zelina Vega as a duo. Oh, yeah. The um, see, just just to play devil's advocate for for just a second on Pritchard's behalf is I have there have been some interviews and I God, I wish I would have saved him that. Their statement is, yeah, Pritchard's doing that because he's trying to keep Vince happy. The problem there is, is there are I there are numerous writers and bookers that have done things to keep Vince happy that have done an infinitely better job and had infinitely better TV than Bruce Pritchard has. Yeah, but Paul Heyman, for example, um, that Ryan Ward guy that's done like their best stuff recently, even Road Dog. Did I, I don't know. I, I have a hard stuff. time giving Road Dog a whole lot of slack um, after that whole "Hey, we're turning Becky heel, and, and you all are just mad because you don't get it." And it's like, no, <laughs> no, sir. No, I think not he was just close. doing the company line because he talked about when when he finally left, he was talking about his frustration with. Um, with trying to navigate the system. Well, in any event, they, they do all of this. And then, you know, um, Heyman proves that you can, you can do good stuff with Andrade and, and get things over. And then Heyman's gone. So uh, now Vince is like, I don't see anything. And we're not going to, and Matt, the interview you referenced, I, I saw some, um, uh, what's the best way to put some translated excerpts? Okay. And one of the, he was he was apparently just so frustrated because he would go to the shows and then just sit in catering the entire time because they wouldn't have him do anything. And he was just like, I, you know, I'm I'm in like my prime. I don't want to be doing this. 
go, let me go, and they're just like, no, we're not going to let you go. You, you know what I, I hate totally about get... that is the people, like those WWE stands that are just like, mm-hmm. why doesn't he just want to get paid? It's like because some motherfuckers want to earn their keep. If the dude is as good as he has shown himself to be, he's wanting to make a mark. He's not just wanting to collect a paycheck. He's wanting to get out there and make a mark on the business. Well, he wants to do his profession, too. Like, he wants yeah. to actually, you know, wrestle. I, I, I've gone I've gone back and forth with people on this because there are there are people who are either they're just WWE stands kind of where it's like you know what why would he why why would he it's like it's the same reason why like Moxley left now Moxley and even Andrade to a lesser extent but like they're they're really talented they have names they can they can leave because they have the opportunity to go elsewhere and prove themselves and make good money etc if if well I'll use here's a here's an example if um if Leo Rush is like, I want, I want to leave. Like he can go do other stuff, and he's doing, he is doing stuff like on the Indies, like with MLW. Uh, I think he's even popped up on like the New Japan United States. Um, but it's like Leon Ruff is kind of limited. He's a small guy. He's very talented. He can do a lot, but you're not going to probably gonna, see. You're never yeah, going to see not, him in New Japan. Yeah, you're not going to see like. IWGP champion Leo Rush. Like, that's just reality. Maybe, like... You mean Leon Ruff? Oh, no, I'm... Leo I'm, Rush. I'm oh, Leo, Leo Rush. Rush. Yeah, who was actually... He was in the WWE at one point. It, like, it, it's, it's a different story. Like, Moxley can leave because he knows his worth. Like, he knows that if he leaves, he can be a major talent. And he was. He's been a major talent both in, in New Japan and in AEW. But regardless, it's like... It, it's not just... Moxley... And again, Andrade, like they're not just leaving. They didn't just leave because of the money. Like I'm sure, like Moxley has is making good money. Like I'm, I'm sure his contract with AEW is probably fairly comparable to what he was making in WWE. And he doesn't hardly if, spend money on anything, apparently. But, but what if it wasn't? Like, what if it's he's not? Because I mean, before, I mean, he obviously had he knew his worth. He knew he could get good money. Mm-hmm. But. If you listen to him do interviews, like he did, we talked about it. We did a whole show about his interview that he did with Jericho. It's because this guy, this is not, not, it's not just like I'm, I'm punching a clock nine to five. This is an actual, this is an art form. Mm-hmm. That's really what actually pro wrestling is. I mean, it's, it's a. I know we kind of gloss over it because it's, it's a weird combination of. I mean, it's calling it sports entertainment, you kind of like scoff it. That, but that's kind of yeah. actually what it is. It's a weird form of theater, of athletic competition. It's uh, stunt work. It's like a mi- it's, it's many different things. Right? You are telling a story, and you're actually giving a very like physical, visual performance. Yeah. To people. I love how Xavier Woods put it. Um, I can't remember what interview he was on, but his statement was, "Wrestling, professional." Live wrestling is Shakespeare in the round where you're getting punched in the face. I mean, basically. Yeah. And and, it, and think about some of the, the best stuff we've seen. Look at like Warrior Savage from Wrestling 7. Is that so goddamn good? It's like, yeah, the match is good. You've probably seen much better matches in your lifetime. You could probably think of like 100 different matches that technically were much better 
but why is that match like one of the best matches of all time? Because like the story it told, like you actually, yeah. you're out there telling a story, and it's, it's a story that resonates because at the end of the day, it's it's the most basic story as possible. But it, it's true. It's like it's good versus evil, or it's brother versus brother. It's you know yeah. two two people having a heated feud for some reason. And if you're a dude who like that's what you want to do, like you love it, you want to tell stories. Like why would you want to basically show up for Raw and do your fucking three minute match? Or you you uh, you go out there and you want to talk about being like a dog catcher or whatever stupid thing that it was that Moxley had to be doing in his promos that because Vince was Vince thought that's it was when a he was joke doing the was Bane amp, thing. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah. With the gas mask and and all that. It's um. It, it points out something like I used to be a work rate mark. Like I'll, I'll just admit it that I used to be like that. And I realized that in being that way, sure. I'm seeing like this cool exchange, but in doing that, I'm turning my nose at, up at some stuff that is just, that is just viscerally engaging. Like, like just, just through the screen and grabs you and, and makes you pay attention and so, you know, my my perspective on that changed, um, and this will come back up later in the show. How am I going to compelling? How am I going to do something compelling? How am I going to do something interesting if all I get once a week is five minutes? Mm-hmm. How, how am I going to do something that is interesting? gets people to want to see more of me if I only get five minutes to go out there, do my signature spots, and then whoever takes the pin takes the pin, and that's it. It's like the pro- – it's filler, and whenever you have filler like that, to put it bluntly, nobody gives a shit. That's – you know, if it's like, oh, oh, you know, here he comes. He's going he's gonna to do his match. I'm going to go to the bathroom or – I'm going to get a snack or I'm going to get another drink. I don't know. Then nobody, nobody cares. Nobody's invested. And it's not like Steve Austin was suddenly over just because every week he'd come out and, you know, kick wham stunner. That's it. That was after years of buildup and him doing longer form stuff and like the rumble and the King of the ring and the, the match with Brett and all that. That's like the end result. You can't jump right to the end of the book. But you don't get that when it's just like, hey, you know, you got you guys got five minutes, you know, go have your match. The problem is like WWE. And the problem is WWE's like a content mill now. Like that's why I think that's why there's no resolution and everything's just such filler because they're just getting paid to provide content now. It doesn't they don't really care about the um quality oh, of that, said content. That reminds me of something else. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of something else we talked about. For the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, we've kind of been picking up the running tally of how much actual wrestling took place on Raw or SmackDown this week. Raw's usually pretty good. SmackDown's usually the really bad offender of, like, no wrestling. But consider for a second. If I'm going to tune into a show, a wrestling show, I expect to see wrestling. But guess what we don't get? We don't get that. Yeah, How am I going to get people in, in gay? You know, it's it's not. And I don't. This is this is going to sound like I'm picking on people, but 
I straight up, I don't get wrestling company stands. Okay. If you want to say, hey, look, I prefer the way this company does stuff to the way that company does stuff, that's one thing. But to say this company's the best because everybody else sucks, it's like, now, wait just a minute. Yeah, because even if, if you're taking even um even on this position, show, yeah, we're pretty positive about AEW. But like, if you if you really like, we might have to do a show on that. But if you were to ask Matt and I what problems we have with the promotion, I think um I think you and he I think you would get like a long list of problems Matt and I have with it. Like I I know you guys have sat through rants of me talking about like. I don't like how they handle their lower card guys. I think Dark's just a disaster. Um, oh, I, I, I am a fan of AEW. I was actually listening to old podcasts we did when AEW was starting, and how like excited and hopeful I was for it. And I still would say that of at least out of the American companies, I I still like AEW the best, and I think they do put out a good product. But that's not to say I don't have a a list of things that I wish they would change. Like I do, I have, I could, we could do an entire show of my criticisms of AEW. Yep. They're booking of certain people like Miro, mm. which I don't yeah. get even now. Yeah. Well, but yeah, if no one's perfect and if you can look at them and say, if you can look at it and say, they say, well, you, you prefer this company. Yeah. Well, they're not doing this right. Yeah, you're right. They're not. You know what you're saying? You're not being blind. You're not being blind saying, oh, no, they do everything perfectly because I like them more. You're just saying, you know what? Um, They do a lot of stuff. They do a lot a style that I prefer more. And, yeah, sure, nobody gets everything perfect. And you know what? All right. Um, that, that just happens. No big deal. And there's think, nothing wrong with that. I think when we get to our final topic of the night, Matt and I are going to go off script of how this podcast has been about a certain wrestling promotion for the entirety of its existence, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of waiting on it. Um, yeah, you're you're about to you're about to hear disappointment with the direction um, a certain company's taken. So the other weird we'll get there. side effect to this, so they didn't want to release him because we said. They don't want to do anything with him, but they, God forbid, someone else use him and make money. But then Charlotte really did right and put like just pretty much said like, if you don't release him, I quit. And she, um, she threatened to, to refuse to work WrestleMania. Yeah, and it, has that been verified? Because I, I believe it. I believe it. It sounds like something possible, and I don't see where they would otherwise have released him unless there was some sort of influence like that. It's just that I've heard, like, I've heard so many things about this. Um, I think I heard it in a uh, clip from, it was either Brian and Vinny or, or Dave and Alvarez talking on one of the clips from their YouTube clips. Okay. Um, I think that's where it's from. Now, if I'm wrong, please don't pillory me, but that's, I've been hit in the head a few times, but that's that's where my memory serves on it. Which is interesting because, like, this is this is here nor here there, and I don't want to drag her anymore, and I have to. But I find it interesting that they're convinced like she's a star, but I don't think she is. But then their kind of delusion gave her leverage to get uh, Andrade what he really wanted, um, which I find kind of hilarious. But good on her for realizing when she has leverage and 
using it. But then there's this weird side story that I don't know if it's related. Um, anyone, anyone, everyone's going to have their take on it. But so there's been this like weird kerfluffle where a WWE related doctor says she has elevated hormones, which means she's pregnant. She's saying she's not pregnant and she's off mania. Um, now, I I don't know what to take of this because I know I know a lot of people are going to go right for the tinfoil hat. I don't know how accurate that is because, like, um, if it's if it's anything like a professional sport league and how they test, they probably don't. They probably they probably couldn't fudge that. And she's saying, well, my doctor says I'm not pregnant, but if this was like a real sports league, they would not accept that for like a failed drug test or like some weird thing that they like medically suspended someone for. So I don't know what to make of that one or how big like a deal that is. They're having a bit of a spat about it, but I don't know. I could see this being like a legitimate thing and there's just red tape. I, I really want to know what, I mean, this is, this is kind of edging into like HIPAA things. So it's like, I, when I say I want to know, it's like, I don't really need to know. It's not my business. (laughs) But I really, I'm just curious to know what 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 sort of fucking testing they were doing because, uh, like full disclosure, like my wife is pregnant right now with our second kid, and yes, congratulations ele- by the way. You have ele- thanks. You have elevated hormone levels, but I'm pretty sure it's very specific hormones. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's like, well, we need to test you to make sure you're not a. Uh, you know, abusing steroids, and it's like, you know, the st- that sort of blood work is showing up these elevated, these yeah, very specific I, hormone levels. It's like my wife has to do blood work, but it's like they're looking for very specific things. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't, I don't know that an ordinary blood test, it would be like, oh my god, you have these pregnancy hormones. Like I don't know that that's something they one they would even be looking for, and two, like would be popping in the type of blood testing they're doing. I would right. think I would think with such a physical job and having female athletes that I'm guessing you would just check because you wouldn't want someone working under your watch pregnant before they actually know themselves because there's always that weird like I don't know couple w- weeks part where you don't know for sure so maybe they just check as a courtesy but I think that Becky finished out Mania in that stage. You'd have, someone would need to check me on that time frame, and I might I might just straight up be wrong. But I think Becky Lynch like finished her stuff out and then dropped the title like in that kind of stage. I think she, she might not have known for Mania though. I'd have to go back. That timeline's really convoluted to me, and it's yeah. been a bit. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Yeah, I'm kind of okay. So. I'm I'm kind of in Matt's corner on this one in that I'm like, okay, why you know, why would you be checking on that? And then it seems like Charlotte threatens to walk on Mania if they don't give Andrade his release. Like that's some that's some serious ride or die commitment with your partner, and she's got this kind of leverage. But then, like the biggest. I guess I'm going to get conspiracy theory here, but to me, this the timing kind of doesn't pass the smell test. It's like, gee, this is some 
also we're getting a like the information we're getting on this is coming out of Charlotte's side. Mm-hmm. Like she she's the one that's that's released this information that said I uh, they they said they did blood work and they said these these hormones were elevated so I was pregnant. I went home, did a bunch of pregnancy tests, nothing came up. I went to my doctor, had an ultrasound and a blood test. They all came up negative, but they're telling me no. Um, you're pregnant. You have to stay home. And she's like, but I, I'm, I'm very much not. I have all the test results for it. Combine. Yeah, but if what this just was, happened with Andrade with if, when if this, this was, came out, if this is the NFL though, and you went and did that, and you're like, well, my doctor says I'm fine. The NFL is gonna laugh at you and be like, haha, no, like you need to go, you need to go, um, get cleared by official doctors because. Um, that's a liability thing. So now if we want to be conspiratorial, if they wanted to pop her falsely and then rescind it because they know the red tape would keep her off of mania, that could be something that's potential, but I don't see any misbehavior in not accepting what a non-affiliated doctor was saying, because, because let's be honest here. Like there are, a lot of less than scrupulous doctors that you can pay a certain amount of money that'll say whatever the fuck you want them to say. Yeah. Their yeah. doctors have a history with, with like their old concussion protocols and stuff. And so just, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm going to be the conspiratorial one as Carney as, as Vince has been known to be in the past. The timing on this is super suspicious to me. Like uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to come right out and say, plant my flag and say, this is what it is, but it just, the circumstances seem real suspicious. And, you know, Charlotte threatens Charlotte who has this, all of this leverage threatens to walk on mania. And then they're just like, okay, we gave you what you want. By the way, you're not, you're not going to be on mania or Vince is like, she doesn't want to be on mania. We'll make that happen. You know, something like that. Like the the timing on this just is so suspicious, and and like we said, Vince has a history of having doctors. Well, hell, wrestling business has a history of having doctors who will tow the company line instead of like looking at their patients and being like, yeah, yeah, you're good, or no, I've been directed to not have you be cleared. I like, think um, none I of think it's out of the realm of possibility. But I think with the, the, the testing like this, though, is pretty independent of the company. So it could also be that they would have no control over what this doctor did. But to. if you want, if the gold standard and what I this is what I remember from when my wife was pregnant with our kids, the gold standard of are you pregnant or not is the blood test. Like you go and now we've got competing blood tests. Like all we've got on one side, they're like, you got these elevated hormones. But on the other side, they're like, we did an ultrasound and we did a blood test and everything came up negative. Um, you know, it, it, how should I put this best? It's, it stinks. Okay. Yeah, the, but the not thing, not but saying the thing, that it's bad. I'm just saying the circum, this, this whole circumstance stinks. It smells but, real bad. But the, but the thing is though, I'm not saying that they didn't do this on purpose, but I'm saying like, no sports league is going to take that outside source. They're going to want confirmation from their people. 
Like if you were an athlete and you got popped for something, you can't go to your doctor and be like, well, I'm clean. See the test results. They're going to be like, ha ha. No, you have to like, they don't, that's not like necessarily how it works in other leagues. So I don't think WWE would. Now I think false positive is possible, but, um, I don't see anything suspicious in them not accepting what her doctors are saying, because I don't think any league, any like organization would necessarily accept what an outside doctor is saying. It's super simple. Just have the same doctor run the test again and see what comes back. But if they don't want to do that because they don't want her on the show, then they can just be like, no, we have our test results. You know, we're not running it again. It's it's not like it it would be new for them to cook up a storyline super quick. Well, I think in UFC like when they do like B sample stuff, that takes a while. That's never quick, from what I remember. The couple times that's happened, like you get the initial you get the initial failure, which is usually like a couple days after the fight. But then when they say they're going to test the B sample, that's always like a couple weeks, isn't it, Matt? I don't know if it's that long. Um, it can be a few days at least. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I know we shouldn't do conspiracy theories, but I'm kind of with you, Chad. It seems a little too convenient. It. One of the things I had heard rumored, but I think this was, it might have actually been something that the screenshot I read it almost looked like it was from like 4chan. So it's like you can't necessarily <laughs> trust that. Yeah. But the the rumor, the kind of innuendo that was is that she used her leverage to get him his release. And I, it sounded like they were calling her bluff where it's like, well, you know, if you want him released, that's, we could do that. But you know, you, you we're not going to book you for mania. And she was basically like, Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. And I don't think they were expecting that, but then they kind of had to, they were doing it as almost like a retaliation. Oh, Which, like you said, you're not going to work mania. Out. Then you're not going to work mania. And she's like, I know what I said. Maybe. I could, yeah, I could see that as a possibility too. But uh, this, this is they've done. Um, I guess that this is now just like for a pilot. I don't know if it's like an actual full-on series, but she is. She has been cast as like the lead, and essentially they're doing a TV version of the Walking Tall hmm. movie. And she's been cast as like the lead. At least they're doing. They're at least doing a pilot. I don't know if it, it might go to a full series. I think it's supposed to be like the USA Network, so it's not. It's not like it's HBO or primetime network TV, but it's potentially like she does. That kind of goes into like the leverage thing. Like she is potentially branching out into mm-hmm. Hollywood. So I don't know. Like they, I mean, she might have opportunities, and that might if that's accurate then she that may have played into the whole leverage thing where yeah i don't know to go back to a point i want to make it's like andrade i just looked up his age andrade just recently turned 31 it's like okay. if oh, you're a guy like young for their roster no wonder yeah, if you're, yeah. It, maybe he needs 10 more 10 more years of seasoning um if you're a young guy like that, you want you. It's not even just like you want to do stuff, which you do, but it's also like you. What do you want to do? You want to languish in catering for like three years, the contracts up, like some of the the prime years of your life that you're actually able to physically go at a high level. 
Yeah. Like, or potentially going to be wasted. I mean, I think, let me actually look him up, because I think Ricochet is the same age or older. And it's like, what are you doing, dude? You're just... I think he's just buying time till his contract runs out now. You're, um... He's basically, if not, he's not in catering. He's just... I think he's screwed, though, because he has no leverage. And they know, they know he's not going to get released because they know he's going to be in, like, New Japan and AEW, like, instantaneously. He's 32. So he's, he's, yeah, I I think he's, I I suspect Ricochet's running out the clock, too. Oh, there's a lot of people, I think, that are running out the clock. Well, but then there's the whole other argument. It's like, well, where are you going to go? Because you can go to AEW, but AEW is absolutely loaded with guys. I mean, I would love to see, I would love to see Andrade and Zelina in AEW, like, tomorrow. But yeah. You're running into that's that's a whole other discussion, but you're running into problems there. I mean, we mentioned him a minute ago, but like, look at Miro. Like, Miro's a guy that I think they absolutely can can do a lot with, but they ain't doing it with him yet. Yeah. Well, it's um, I don't know. I I don't know what. uh, I don't know how that's going to play out. Maybe we'll get there and. Miro's going to go to the top of the card, and it was just like, you know, we had to fill some time until we were ready to push in there. I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, that Kip, that Kip stuff, though, I think is really hurting him. But, to be um, honest. It might just be, you know, the the old the the saying that floats around that people don't quit bad jobs, they quit bad bosses. It might just be that Ricochet just wants the hell out, and he doesn't want to be there anymore. Which would make sense to me, you know. I don't want to stay somewhere where they. Uh, there was another one. Heyman was pushing him, and he's getting over. And then Heyman's not in charge of Raw anymore, and they they kill his momentum dead. Um, I could see him just being like, "No, nah, I yeah, just he give was me dead the hell before out. Heyman left. He was dead as soon as they had him wrestling like Cesaro every week for months. He was dead." Uh-huh. But speaking of um, speaking of massive uh, WWE screw ups, uh, was it two weeks ago they broke up the Hurt business? Um, I think it was two I, weeks ago. I think I think this week was the uh, fallout from the breakup. But this is this one really baffles me because I feel like they kind of like backed into this getting really over, like more over than anything they've done in a while, and it feels mm-hmm. like it feels like they've just been just dying to break them up since like December since like they first started getting over hey let's take this thing that's getting over and making us money and kill it that's yeah that you know, why well, wasn't my idea therefore well, it can't actually be good can well, it why would you break them up before Lashley has like his mania match as like the champion why wouldn't you break them up after he loses like the title yeah why not if you're gonna break them up wait for mania do it then and then um, once you have that, you can just be like, okay, we've hit Mania. The heel faction is going to break up now. And, you know, you guys, you ran your course. You had a good run. We're going to break it up now because after Mania is we're starting up new stuff. I also think, I also think that with, with stables when they break up, you need to think about, well, what are a lot of these guys going to do? And it's just like, well, you know, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, like, yeah, they they really don't 
ha- I mean, Cedric Alexander, especially, I feel really lacks something compelling to survive on his own, which I think we've seen play out over his WWE career. So, like, what are you going to do with that guy? Like, why why break it up if if like a lot of the guys are going to be lost again? Like they had they got over. They had a purpose. Um, you didn't really like focus the shows on them. They won. Uh it just feels like it feels like it's another case where they just they don't actually care they just put someone together to break them up and that's the purpose all along and then they don't care when it gets over along the way. They just do it anyway and then they wonder why no one watches their show. Yeah, well I think it was um I think it was MVP's idea and then to to put this crew together. He's like, No, we can do something with this and they put the crew together and it worked but then i'm suspicious because it's like with what happened in the invasion for god's sake that left such a bad taste in my mouth i'm still not over it or it they don't know what else to do this week on tv so they're going to go ahead and break up the hurt business cuz it's like well we got to do something this week well i mean that's, that's... The, that's kind of a Bruce Pritchard special. Remember, he like broke up the Iconics, and then they were teaming the next week, and then they broke up again. Um, and I think that wasn't—I don't think that was a Bruce special. But remember, they did that with Bailey and Sasha like a couple of times before, like they actually had them turn on each other. Yeah. Um, the uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Just doing it because either breaking them up because it's there or breaking them up because we don't know what the hell else to do this week. That I mean, that's why Austin walked out is because they were like, well, uh, on Raw this week, uh, Steve, you're going to job to Brock. And Steve's like, let's do that on pay-per-view. And they're like, nope, you're going to do it on Raw this week. And that's why he walked. Austin's side of it has always been that's why he walked out was he was like, I don't care i don't mind to do the job to brock but we're why are we throwing this away on free tv why don't we build to it and it's like well brock's beating everybody we gotta you know we gotta do something for this week and it's like are you are you kidding me that's what you came up with is we don't know what we're doing this week so we're gonna throw away a huge marquee match for free on tv mm-hmm. and then you just it's the same thing it's like well we don't know what to do so they look around they go uh guess we're going to break up the hurt business this week. And they look at each other and they go, I'm sorry, what? I just it's don't get the lazy timing. as like, hell. Like why, why when you're going into like your mania main event, you don't want your, I guess your heel stable, even though they get cheered. Like, I don't know why you want them to have discord when their main guy is defending the title against your face challenger. That really doesn't make it compelling. I think yeah. it's uh I think it's arguable that they're heels. Like they're probably tweeners at best. They're in storyline. They're heel. I would say. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I do. I do get the in storyline. They're heel, but they, they're, they're the fans at least don't kind of treat them as heels. And I mean, what a surprise! Like, how did they? How did these guys even get over in the first place? Well, you just book them confidently. They won. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God! How how hard has how wow. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, I might faint, guys. It's it's so complicated. How do you get a guy over? Oh, you just book them well. Wow. Just you mean book not them like not to be. Who thought about that? 
Yeah. You mean yeah. not like Retribution where they never win? Yeah. And they all have stupid names. And yeah, if you no one wants to cheer the stumbling, bumbling moron. No one wants to cheer the guy that goes out there and he tries really hard, but he never can close it out. They're just like, ah, oh, screw that guy. People like to back winners. That's if you push someone, they got to get over. They've got to succeed at some point. Otherwise, you know, you do. You, no one cheers for the Washington Generals against the Globetrotters. Well, Christy right? bet on that one time. <laughs> and how'd that go? Poorly. He thought they yeah. would do. So. Are they still the Generals? I thought they, they had a new team at some point. I I just know it as the Generals, so that's what I defaulted to. So uh, on our last WWE note, um, this Peacock thing's been a real kind of mess, hasn't it? <laughs> so this has been kind of an ongoing thing, and I think things are just disappearing randomly, but I think it was about a week and a half ago, the... Um, the Piper blackface thing from Mania 6, uh, Vince saying the N-word. I don't remember what pay-per-view that was. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I don't know when it was. And then they came around last week and they knocked off the the Degeneration X Nation of Domination skit for the same thing. So, um, so they've been editing, I guess, what you would call racially insensitive content. Um which is probably easy right now because, you know, nothing real. They didn't really bring very much of the content over. But so uh, just interesting, like, I, I I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about it online. I kind of am of the opinion that just leave it be and throw a disclaimer on it because, I mean, who's going to who's going to watch Mania 6 and not know what they're getting into with that? I don't know how you buy up the WWE catalog and not have an idea of what you're getting into. Yeah, that's kind of that was kind of my thing. Like, you know what you're getting into. But like, also, aren't you kind of like letting them off the hook for that stuff by hiding it? Yeah, that's that's you have. We have two um, two things going. Number one, uh, like the I'm still not exactly sure what. The purpose on the whole Piper thing was, but you know, the the nation skit. If if they had not been, we'll call it what it is in in blackface, I don't think it would have been cut. I mean, it, it's it's just it's a group of guys dressed as their opponents and then making fun of them. But you know, being being in blackface, it's, that that was that was. Mm, that was at least iffy, even at that point in history. Um, I mean, I mean, our good, our good friend, um, douchebag Jimmy Kimmel was in blackface <laughs> as late as like the early two thousands, wasn't he? Oh, the Carl Malone skit. Yeah, is he still pretending like he didn't do that? Or um, I, sorry, I, I don't, don't like know. Jimmy Kimmel. I just think he's a little bitch and that he's not funny and that. <laughs> His sense of humor had a name, and it was Adam Carolla for most of his career. <laughs> Sorry, um, 
never I've never liked him. I didn't like the man show. Anything anything I've ever seen him in that was remotely funny wasn't because of him. It was because Adam Carolla is actually humorous. So that's just my opinion of him. I don't like him. And his late night show has always sucked and I can't believe he's still on the air. Pretty much all of those late night shows are just just absolutely awful. Conan's okay sometimes, but like he's getting up there. I like Conan. I was actually a fan when Conan took over um, Tonight Show, and then of course yeah. he got screwed out of it. Uh, and then he he's been doing a show for like years now on I think TBS, which I yeah. think he just announced he's like he's ending it. But I mean he is he is getting up there. Like I I'd have to actually look up how old he is. He's probably like he's 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 got to be at least in his 50s he was writing for the simpsons in like 92 or 93 okay i just looked it up he in in a few days he's turning 58 yeah Uh, and i still think he's very funny and talented he's been he's been like a late night fixture since like 95 or 96 i mean he's been a long time yeah i think i still think he's a really funny guy but uh he's probably the only one i would argue is funny and late night because the late night shows just aren't really good. It's the same way with like Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live hasn't been good in a long time. Like I've never found Fallon funny. I think that was a terrible choice. Like I see uh, the ads because yeah. uh, yeah. Matt or Brad, Brad, preach, brother, preach. But like, I don't I, dislike Jimmy Fallon, but oh. I don't, I don't find him funny. No, I it, very actively dislike Jimmy Fallon. Really? I've never, I even hated him on SNL. Like. The, the funniest thing that Family Guy ever did is when they were just ripping on him for cracking up during his own skits. Yeah, yeah. That's that before Family Guy even did that. That's why Jimmy Fallon pissed me off is because I would be watching, you know, because I was at a time I was in college around then, you know, the the stup- the cowbell skit and stuff like that. Like I, I was I was getting a kick out of that because that was kind of, you know. I, I think I was kind of in the demographic on that, but you couldn't, even if you watch the cowbell skit, he can't deliver his line without looking directly at the camera and, and laughing. And it's like, bitch, be professional. Like, I thought you were supposed to be an actor and comedian, like you're up there performing, but instead of doing your lines, you're, you're standing there, you know, giggling like an idiot the first time you're on TV and you're not you're not fucking you know, David Spade cracking thought... up at um Chris Farley as Matt Foley talking by about a van down by the river like right it's not it, funny it's enough not... for you to get away with it well yeah you're not you're not breaking because someone you're up there is doing something that funny you're in like uh, I'm gonna the the cowbell skits the best one I can come up with is everybody else is like holding it together fine there's no one who's Seems to be in that in that moment, no one's fighting that hard to to not laugh. But then Fallon's acting like a giggly little bitch in that moment and can't hold it together. It's like, no, no, I, I'm not letting you off for that. You you're not. Look, you've got to. What was the what was the Family Guy joke? Who was it that was allowed to do that because they earned it? Was it what Carol Channing or something? What I was think the. So. Like Carol Channing can do it because she earned it. You don't get to do that. Um, but in you know he he did that from the time he got on there, and it just pissed me off every time. And so I never thought he was funny. And, and then and then there's Stephen Colbert shows. My wife watches some of those CBS procedurals, and they'll always have like an ad for he's having on that night. I'm just like, 
who wants to watch a show where like half of the guests are like political hacks? Like, why do you want to watch that shit? That's like what the fucking news is for. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to watch that. Just it, There are no, like, funny politicians. There's no, like, relatable, no. cool politician. There and really they can't isn't. roll with anything because, oh, my God. No, because they everything's say, so, like, yeah. If they show an ounce of personality, like, the world might end. Well, you remember John McCain was on The Daily Show at one point, and he was the presumptive nominee at that, like, so do you know who your, your running mate's going to be? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, are you going to tell me? He goes, well, I'll tell you. I can't tell everybody else. And I'm like, oh, sure, I won't tell anybody. And John, St- John Stewart leans over, and John McCain leans in. And he goes, it's Dwight Schrute. Like, you know, he's he's having a good time. He, him and Bob Dole seem to be the ones that, like, they'd go on The Daily Show, and they'd have a good time, and they'd crack, and they'd, they'd talk with you and that sort of stuff. Well, Bob Dole also, Bob Dole seemed to enjoy the Norm MacDonald Bob Dole, which I still laugh oh. at that. <laughs> Yeah, um, but you know they. It, it, everyone is so afraid of stepping on on a landmine now, which I don't know. But it's just I, I don't I don't know how you have a proper couch for all those people with the massive sticks up their asses. Like I don't know how that works. <laughs> and the you only got a slot in it that they can just slide into. And it, but like Stephen Colbert, like I don't I never enjoyed his Comedy Central show, but he did have a sense of humor at some point, and that seems completely gone. Which is, I, I will give them credit. Like, I liked when him, John Stewart, and Conan had that, like, giant, like, backstage, like, Three Stooges-esque brawl over something. I don't remember what it was, though. I'd have to go look that up. And, you know, it's fucking ridiculous because Conan's, like, a foot and a half taller than either of them. <laughs> yeah, Conan O'Brien's, like, he's he's my high. He's 6'4", I think. Yeah, because so he's an inch taller than me. When he was on Future, I was like, "Hey, I might have lost my freakishly long legs in the war." Yeah. But yeah, I just I don't know who watches that crap anymore. Like, I never was a fan of Leno, and I thought Letterman was pretty unwatchable by the end. But like, I would still take them over what Leno was out there now. Inoffensive. I, yeah, I used to watch a lot of Leno back in the day, but that's yeah. that you're you're talking about like. 15 20 years ago yeah that's that leno is what my parents preferred and if i had the good fortune to be able to be up late enough with the tv on that's what it was going to be all right fair enough and like no big deal but what i miss is like when letterman was was at his height or like the early days like when it was like conan and andy like just the weird shit they would do are are you referring to things like shoeverine or like the you know like pimp bot and um like having you know jonathan harrison on and having him insult pimp bot or like the masturbating bear okay just like uh, the weird my favorite shit that get up to my favorite late night host was always craig ferguson i didn't care much for him i i i, I really i like craig ferguson a lot um but you know the um yeah i i don't know why in I, 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 the only thing I can figure is Jimmy Fallon's got pictures of somebody doing something with somebody, um, you know, at the network, and that's why they kept they keep him around and they they keep him in such prominent spots. It's actually funny. Um, the new Pinky and the Brain show just savaged the shit out of Seth Meyers. Oh, did they? For his like, they were like, 
talking about like what a smug douche he was like i mean they were you know when they're like lightheartedly poking at someone and then you know when they get the club and they're really taken out like oh yeah whenever they just kind of cut loose yeah when they're when they like you know like when um when you could tell south park didn't like barbara streisand versus like a lot of their <laughs> other targets like that's what um that pinky in the brain segment was okay really getting after him um Anyway, Peacock. I they, yeah. So I'm curious if if this is just they're gonna knock that stuff out, but I kind of I kind of have a feeling that this is just gonna slowly like become more and more stuff over time. Yeah, probably. And I would I actually was going back and forth with this with some people uh, online recently. Like they were taking kind of the the approach it's like well this is good because you know the stuff that they're removing so far is like racist and everything and it's like yeah i'm not i'm not disputing that i and i don't i don't need these things per se like i don't really care to see vince mcmahon use the n-word like that's not something i ever wanted nor do i care to ever see that again so if you want to excise that like i'm i'm not gonna complain and the whole wrestlemania 6 thing i probably I'm a little bit more apprehensive about that because it's like you're removing the entire match. Like, so then, then you're really kind of diving into content. But I guess the, the general problem I have is like, we live in a society that unfortunately from day to day, the the societal norms can change. So what might be perfectly fine and acceptable today, like may not be tomorrow. So what are you going to do? You're going to start just like hacking away at content not even just yeah. wwe but like in general content well, like, but and just people... memory hole it because it's it's now problematic it's but... like i i agree with you brad that the to me the appropriate thing to do is just like okay look just throw a warning throw throw a, a trigger warning if you want to up on it and be like this is some outdated thinking just keep that in mind here you go that's what disney does yes but you know what? Uh, Disney point, hasn't released Song of the South ever since. That's it first never going to see the light of day ever again. Yeah, well, yeah. That's been that's been gone since the '80s. But no, yeah. but like but those people that are like, oh well, I want this, but like the winds of the winds of time can change. Like, do you really want some? Um, do you want like some? Ten years from now, some fundamentalist like conservative Christian who doesn't like gay people like coming into power and ordering the censors like wipe out like anything even remotely, like lbgtq friendly from like all of the content on the platform like are you fine with that because you know that could happen because you know people swing both ways yeah because people always people are always like oh you can't use a slippery slope and it's like yes but the slippery slope always fucking happens yeah it's the the slippery slope itself is not the fallacy yeah, because when you when you when you unilaterally give people those powers, like the problem is when you're like fine because you agree with it is well the problem is is someone you might disagree with or who has bad motives then has access to those powers, you're gonna regret it. So you kinda Yes, and then when the people down the road people complain about that, it's like, Oh, why is this happening? It's like Guys, that is how the slippery slope actually works. Yeah. Like, it, it, it it's a slippery slope. It, things can progress, and they can progress in ways that you weren't anticipating and maybe don't want down the road. Like, uh, I know I've kind of laughed at him for it, but Chris, like our friend Christy Petrillo, he 
he has been a big proponent and he has been for years for actually owning the media you enjoy in some sort of hard copy if it's not mm-hmm. like you know an official dvd that you bought maybe it's something that you have you know recorded off off tv you've burned it to a, a dvd yourself you have the the video file that you now can you know you burn to like a hard drive or something like it He's a big proponent of that because he kind of has seen like, well, you know, this this can go away. And yeah, I mean, I laughed at him at the time because it's also like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to store all this stuff and keep because I've kind of been I've been into the mindset where a lot of at least like the movies, the TV shows, stuff like that. Like, I don't I don't buy movies anymore. I might watch them on like on demand or I kind of they kind of got me back to buying again because the mm-hmm. price structure, if you want, if like you can't find it on streaming, it's so terrible that half the time, if you just put it on a wish list on Amazon, on Blu-ray, you'll get it for minus <laughs> fifty, you know, under fifteen dollars. So it got mm-hmm. me buying Blu-rays again. But also, I got tired of getting jerked around of a movie I wanted to see being on a service, and then two days later, when I want to go watch it, it's gone again, and it's either paywalled behind. A different service that wants money or um, it's just not available anymore or they get or someone gets a bug up their ass and suddenly, oh, well, you can't get it on any streaming platform because we're all pissy with each other now. Uh, that's what, that's what happened with the old the old Top Gear that had um, Clarkson, May and Hammond on it is it used to be on Amazon Prime. You know, my my oldest kid when, when uh, was real little. That was the thing, like having a bad day, screaming, crying. It's like, all right, let's watch some Top Gear. And all of a sudden, like all the troubles melt away. Loved the cars and that sort of stuff. Then it's not on Prime anymore. And I go looking around. Guess what? It's not on any service because the BBC is still pissed off at Jeremy Clarkson. And it's like, well, I still liked the show. I still wanted to watch it. It's like, no, it's too bad. You don't get it. And it's funny. This comes around full circle, like you mentioned, because – they, um, you know, we've got it's on one something that's on one service and then it's gone paying well behind the other on Netflix. Netflix had the office for years and years. And then uh, then NBC. No. And they put it on Peacock because they're like, oh, that'll get people to come over. And if you go to like the the rabid uh, office fandoms, like the subreddit and that sort of stuff there, everyone's immediate response was I'm buying the DVDs. Or I'm pirating it because I'm not paying for Peacock. Like, yeah, uh, I'll I'll use one example. Like, I I'm still not done with it, but I was trying to work through um, that show that used to be on NX. Uh, sorry, NX, FX many years ago, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, God. I I was like, <laughs> I was several seasons in, and then I was gonna I I watched things usually very slowly if it's not a show i'm actively watching with my wife it's a show that i will watch an episode and then it may be like three weeks before i watch another episode so it takes me some time because unfortunately i live live a a busy life but um i was watching it i was trying to watch my way through all the seasons and then i go to watch it on netflix one day and it's just gone i'm like what the fuck what where is it and then i look i I research it i go online it's like oh it's Sense of Anarchy is one of the shows that is now exclusive to Hulu. And it's like, yes. son of a bitch. At the time, I did not have a Hulu account. 
but that's just like a that's a minor example it's like yeah yeah i that's a great point that you have these different these different like companies streaming services just in competition with each other mm-hmm. that it's like well shit like maybe the show that i really like is no longer on this one service so if i want to watch it i'm my my choices are either to sign up for that service or just buy it on on actual like hard copy media and or pirate it or or pirate it but uh, i i don't even have time to be going and like pirating online these days it's just it's probably easier for me to just buy it and i kind of you know, I what I do on some of the out of print stuff on DVD is, mm-hmm. especially if I can't get it on a streaming service, is there are guys on eBay that for like seven or eight dollars will toss that on a DVD, like laser print the cover of the original DVD on there and just ship you the disc. I did that for, um, I did that for a kaiju movie, the one with the giant octopus, Space Amoeba. I did that for Space Amoeba. And, um, mm. oh, what's the other one? It's one with a giant eye, like in the fog. It's really old. Mm. MST3K did like, it's like the first episode of MST3K did it. I don't remember what it's called now, but yeah, so I do that sometimes if it's out of print because, Hey, uh, we won't provide it on DVD, but fuck you. If you actually want to watch this somewhere. The, um, uh, God, I'm going to lose my train of thought. The piracy rates for for stuff actually went down when there were just a few streaming services because people would just use the service, and now they're going back up. They are for video games too decided- because of because of all the dumb crap that video game companies are doing, like the oh, always yeah. online single player and the DRM and like the weird like anti-consumer things they're doing, like video game piracy has mm-hmm. gone back up. It's funny. Yeah. Um, the most downvoted post ever on Reddit was from EA Games about um, Star Wars Battlefield because they were like, hey, why why are you paywalling like Luke Skywalker or something like that? And like, well, their statement was something effective. We want... Uh, the the people who play our games to have a sense of accomplishment when they finally unlock that. So someone did the math. It's like if you were going to have the sense of an accomplishment to unlock Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader, either one, purely through gameplay. We're not talking no no like paying real money for anything. It would take you ten thousand hours of gameplay. No, to that do was it. that was everyone. The actual. The actual time to get Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader was still ridiculous, but it was 40 hours. Okay, so I have to sit here and play a play this game for the equivalent of a full work week just to play as one of the heroes that I might want to play as. And they were, they were slinging that as a selling point. And it's like, good job, way to be tone deaf. Um, you know, no one's going to buy this now. And, and they tried to backpedal and it didn't work. I think you so. can actually. I think they just have all those people unlocked now. But now, but you know, speaking of the slippery slope, though, the video game industry is a great example of the slippery slope of how they just incrementally try to erode your ownership rights. Yeah. yeah. To video games. Yeah. Just um, just generally, I kind of have. Become, I've come, I've kind of come around to like Chris's, 
Christmas way of thinking, at least for for two things. One, for like TV shows that I enjoy. Um, I actually I have a pretty good collection of some a lot of TV shows that I don't have. I don't have probably near as much as I should, but definitely like a lot of old cartoons that I really enjoyed or um, like science fiction or fantasy shows that I enjoyed. I have most of, I have a lot of stuff on, on DVD. And the other thing is actually just like deep, uh, wrestling content. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned on, uh, on Tim's show on YouTube, uh, open airlock policy. Like I actually have a lot of actually wrestling DVDs, especially from like smaller promotions or indie promotions, uh, Japanese stuff. And that stuff is actually pretty easy to get um, mm-hmm. through tape traders or other services. Uh, he follows us on Twitter. Um, we follow him, IVP Videos. I know I've ordered a lot from him. I've ordered a lot from him recently. Like, that's a dude who he has a Patreon that if you sign up for the Patreon, it's like $5 a month. And you get, like, you get equivalent of, like, new, like, at least. I want to say almost probably like a couple dozen DVDs that he just wow. provides like he just provides like links for the video files you can download. His monthly can... boxes are worth it too because you usually pay like for the smaller ones you pay like 14, I think for the bigger ones it's 20 and you usually get I think a Blu-ray and maybe five or six <clears throat> accompanying DVDs mm-hmm. of some sort and I mean you might not like everything you get in there, but like he's really good at popping something weird in there that you're kind of like, ooh, I, I want to see what's on this. Yeah, and again, that's that's one example. He has uh, his own website that he sells stuff, wrestling shows, and if you go on there, you can choose to get it in hard copy form, which I do, but otherwise you can just pay him to actually – It's I think it's cheaper. You can pay him just to download the ISO files in which you can either just – you know save them to your computer or hard drive or dvd something where you can actually have that on like a heart like a some sort of it's digital of course but you can have some sort of copy of that where it's not subject to a streaming service that could decide overnight to get rid of it or remove it or or something like i used to enjoy like nwa anarchy a lot of that footage is not out there like, mm-hmm. I've been getting it on DVD over the years, but do you know what I have to do to get it? I have to literally email Bill Barons to <clears> say, hey, um, can you get me these shows? How much is it? And he gets back to me and then mails them to me. But I literally have to email Bill Barons and say, hey, I want these co- these episodes of your promotion from, like, 15 years ago. Can you get me these shows? And I have to tell like I have to look up I have to look up results of his promotion to tell him what I want. That's how <laughs> ridiculous it is. But I mean, what else am I supposed to do? Because they put it online, but like there was no service that saved it and they haven't put it back on. So I had to, you know, I had to figure out how to get the stuff I wanted to see. Right. Know? The my my running joke through this whole thing has been, oh, you know, if they're gonna censor this, then they're going to have a heart attack whenever they see what's in ECW, but they just won't put that online. I, just I not think a lot of that old stuff that disappeared happening. is not coming back like they said they would. Like, I don't see why they're going to be in any rush yeah. to put Mid South or like Mid Atlantic or, you know, stuff that's not no. going to be high priority. The stuff that Kevin Dunn says shouldn't be there because it, it didn't happen. In... Eating the stuff that that's that's what I'm going to go with. How did people watch this? There's not a jump cut every 0.25 seconds. Well, I was going to go with 
his his old statement of you know oh, oh people don't know who Terry Funk is. It's not like he was Wahoo McDaniel that worked up here in New York or something. It's like people know who he is. It's like no people won't know who that is. He wasn't he wasn't on our shows. It's like the world's bigger than your damn shows, Bucky. So then uh, for our final topic of the night, uh, I think this one is going to be a solemn topic for Matt and I because I don't know about you, <laughs> Matt, on, but I've been, I've been really disappointed can I, in... Can I do a lead-in here? Sure. sure. I would like to congratulate, congratulate Will Ospreay for winning the IWGP Divas title at the most recent <laughs> oh, that big event. that awful. Um, well, <laughs> That's my one joke that I've got for this. So, one of the things Meltzer goes off on, and I just hate it because I think he's dead wrong, is when he talks about how great Will Ospreay is. Like, I just don't see it. Like, he, I, he's been in some good matches, but, like, I don't particularly find Will Ospreay to be that great. Um, I, Will Ospreay, I would say, is a good worker. Will Ospreay, I would actually agree, has improved as a worker. Um. I personally am not that big of a Will Ospreay fan because I feel a lot of his matches are actually kind of soulless to me. Yeah. But even if I you disagree, even if you disagree with that, if you think like I'm way off base, the thing that he, one of the things that he does a lot, which really frustrates me, and Ricochet was very guilty of this, and I've actually complained about this before. It's like there's a lot of unnecessary flourishes, which I understand you do things to like add some flair or some like pizzazz or whatever, and maybe you do it to pop the crowd, but it can also get just too like extravagant up your own ass. It's like, it's like, you can't do it's like what, what really bothers me about him is like what you're saying. It's like, he can't do like just a vertical suplex. He has to do like a vertical suplex where he like flips and like, then, you know, you know, and all this other stuff. But the other thing he really does that upsets me is he's really bad about shouting his spots before he does them mm. because he thinks that, like, is a character. Yeah. It, what I'm talking about, it's like, okay, he he might do, like, some uh, some dive out. Like, the guy's out on the outside. He may, he may do, like, a plancha or something, a Toby Conheela, some, some sort of dive on the guy from the outside. It's like, he might... And Ricochet, again, will do this sort of thing, or at least he used to. It's like, okay, let me uh, stand in the middle of the ring and do, like, this pose where I'm just, like, throwing my hands in the air. And, like, oh, the drama, building up the drama. And then he runs to the ropes and does it. It's like, okay, it's a little too much. It's a little too much. And it's so much of that. And it's like, okay, just please, for the love of God, dial it down. But that's, that's my... That's partly my personal thing about Will Ospreay. The, the, the thing I have with with Meltzer, and I like Meltzer, but this is why we've always kind of sit on this podcast. It's like if Meltzer gives a match a high rating, it's like you should just take that with a grain of salt. Meltzer, <laughs> Meltzer has been watching wrestling. has been a fan of wrestling probably like 40 years or something. It's He doesn't – he's not out of his uh, – completely off base. If Meltzer says – if Meltzer at least tells you a match is good, it's probably a good match. Don't get too hung up on star ratings per and, se. And Meltzer has had it, a style he's preferred, like all through the Observer newsletter. That's why when yes. people get upset about like his star ratings, like if you've actually go back to the '80s and like read what he was saying, or he grew up in San Francisco, which was like 
Pepper Gomez and Ray Stevens and like, you know, Ray Stevens doing like crazy shit for the time, like jumping. And like we watched that one where they were like, you know, doing that gimmick with Pepper Gomez and his cast iron stomach and guys were like jumping off of a ladder and like kneeing him in the stomach and stuff. So, yeah, he um he came up in a work rate promotion and if you read through his writings, like the stuff he's super into now is an evolution of the style he's always liked. And I don't know why people get so bent out of shape about he that. Has, yeah. He has, preferences, he has preferences and biases. The, the problem I have specifically with with Will Ospreay is I and this was like going back a couple of years. It wasn't even like now, which you could. It was about two years could, ago you, where I think his really nauseous um, overpraise yeah, of Ospreay could, started. You could argue, like, I would, I would not, I would not agree with this if you said it about it now. But now, at least, like, Will Ospreay has had two more years of improvement. He's now like a world champion. Like, you can, you could try and sell an argument now, but I mean, like, a couple years back, Meltzer was making the argument on Twitter, like, completely not ironic, like he was being dead serious, arguing that Will Ospreay at that point was better than any version. That has ever existed of Shawn Michaels. And I'm not even the biggest Shawn Michaels fan. I liked him probably when he came back in like the early 2000s. It's probably like my my favorite version of Michaels. But I think Michaels is a good worker. Like I would put him as a very good worker in the last like one, one of the better American workers of the last say like 25 years. But I... I think that's complete horseshit. It's like Will Ospreay is in no way in the same league as Michaels. No, he's not even in the same league as like, I wouldn't even put him currently. I mean, let's go back here because AJ's dropped off, but like that really top tier of WWE worker that's out there right now and has been permeating their like top card for the last five years. He's not even as good as any of those guys. Well, if, if you want to just keep it, if you want to just keep the the New Japan, like I wouldn't even put him as good as someone like Tomohiro Ishii. No, Ishii. Um, and like I'll admit, I'll admit, like with Cody, I was wrong when he first like went on his own, but he actually put the work in and got better. Whereas like Osprey, I think's gotten better, but like he still, like I saw, I didn't even like the match he had with Kota Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom like a couple years ago, and like oh, we I talked love about that everything abushi does so that wasn't abushi that was a problem it was osprey that's why i got what i said a minute ago soulless because it's like i i we reviewed that and my critique at the time was like this was this was probably one of the best matches is that i absolutely fucking for because it technically it was a good match. I just didn't like it at all. He's a video I would, game wrestler. I would have ranked it in the lower half of the matches for that Wrestle Kingdom. Shad, I cut you off like three minutes ago. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, my understanding is, and I'm, I'm probably simplifying this far too much, but Melcher's a work rate mark, which is kind of what Brad said. He likes to see people do cool stuff and i can't blame him it's cool I mean, to see people do cool stuff and i think but... people people need to realize too though when Meltzer grew up you were highly influenced by the type of wrestling you grew up with and he grew up in sam he grew up in with bay area wrestling which was ray stevens who was like the work rate guy of like the 60s and 70s 
and probably yeah. Pat Patterson. We saw Pat Patterson, like, so, um, yeah, so he's going to be a work rate guy because he grew up with a work rate promotion. Yeah, and I used to be a work rate mark, but as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that, number one, I'm hamstringing myself by hanging up on that because I'm missing out. I'm missing out on a lot by by not, you know, by by leaning into it so hard. And on the other hand, it's like you said, you can have a match where everything is done tech, you know, in a technical sense. It's done correctly, great. And but that's that's been at at least in the past that's been an issue I've had with some uh, Japanese stuff that people have sent me because I guess I was in my work rate phase. And they sent it to me, but even then, it still didn't grab me the same way. And so I was kind of, I was like, eh, you know, wasn't it? We said this earlier, you know, wrestling is storytelling. Wrestling is a morality play. It's good versus evil. Just because if all I get out of a match is everybody does cool stuff. Okay, fine. But I'm not invested, and if I'm not invested in a match, I don't give it a high rating. I know we don't talk about ratings much, but it's it's not going to be one of my favorites because I'm not invested. You know, I, I I don't I don't care, and it, it sounds like Osprey. I, I'm going to struggle for the term I'm looking for a here, and I'm those, going to apologize. A for lot that, of those but... British strong style guys, I find as a general rule to be mostly overrated and they do not connect with me very well. Cause like, um, because you're talking about, you're talking about Zack Sabre jr. Who I think is the best of that crew and has the most potential, but then like Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, um, you know, Pete Dune, those guys, Pete Dunn. Sorry. I haven't. I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, I, I just haven't seen enough of them to get a grasp for. You know, my life's busy too now. I, I've watched a lot, and like they were getting a lot of hype, and I don't know. There's just something that doesn't connect with me. But, but I think where where my struggle with the Osprey winning this world title is is one thing. I I was really skeptical at first when they did this unification thing, and they like stripped Ibushi of the I of both belts, and they're going to do this world title thing. And I think Matt. And I both kind of had a similar reaction of, well, I'm going to give them a chance, but I'm not liking this. I I mean, I, I felt like the whole like holding both belts things kind of got overplayed. But when they were like, OK, let's let's unify it. Uh, I was like, oh, OK, fine. But then the, the, the design of the belt was god awful. But oh, it's terrible. It, it's terrible. It, like Shad's joke about it being the Divas Championship. It's that's not off base. It looks like the old the Divas WWE Divas Championship. And it doesn't have back. any heft to it. No, it, like the it's the a old, small looking belt. Yeah, the old IWGP title, the one, literally the one they just retired, looks so much better. I we've talked about how that that to me, it of all like the the major wrestling promotions, like that looks like a, a real title, like an actual prize that you want to fight for. 
I think you ranked it right up there with Big Gold as your like. My B- Big Gold is obviously my favorite of all time, but if you're talking about actual like current championships that people are defending, like it was, it yeah. was probably number one. AEW is a close second. But uh, what I was, uh, the words I was looking for, and I'm not going to do this right, but it sounds to me like Will Ospreay is in this um, super indie work rate mindset where it's like, in my matches, so people like to see it. And it's like, hey, you do cool stuff. It, it's, it's like eating a donut. Eating a donut's great. It tastes great while you're eating it, but then after you're done, it's not like you sit back and you feel satisfied because you ate a donut. You know, you're like, oh, that was that was good, and then you go on to the next thing, or you go back for another donut because, you know, that that's that's what you got is like, oh, you know, I, I had a donut and that was nice, but you know, it, it doesn't stick. Does that make sense? Yes. Will Ospreay to a donut. This is gonna. Well, hey, this, this problem, is gonna be the thing that blows up on me. In my my problem with it is, I don't like when, I don't like when companies screw with long running lineages to their titles, because now you, now they have this belt, no one's held it, like so why do I care? Like okay, you want a world title, but like, the IWGP title, everyone t- kind of just considered that a world title. Mm-hmm. And now you have a belt that doesn't mean anything. And, like, if you want to get rid of the Intercontinental title, that's fine. But, like, why why didn't you get rid of, like, the U? I don't know. I just – I've I, New Japan has done some things I've doubted before. And they usually always prove me wrong. But this is, like, the first time in a long time that they did something. And then they're, the way they've gone with it has not been – they haven't proven me wrong yet is what I'm saying, I guess. And I don't, I mean, maybe Osprey is going to be like a quickie, like one and done thing, but I don't know. I just, I, I'm not digging what they, what they've been selling for the last couple of months, I should say. I guess the thing that frustrates me is like, I, I personally was excited about Abushi becoming champion. Yes, I felt was, exactly. I felt it was at least one, at least a year, maybe longer than that overdue. So you put the title on him, and I mean I get that it's a pandemic. Like it's still it's still weird. Like doing shows, you're not doing as many shows. Maybe you can't really have a lot of people in the stands. Whatever. But it's like you you honestly like you didn't have him win one defense of the title. Like this was his first defensive title, and he lost Ooh. it. And Ooh. it it bothers me. Like. You can't give him one. Yeah, it, like it, it sounds like it's a we're giving you a, um we're giving you a a uh, a title reign because um well you've been here a while and you've done a lot of work so we're going to give that to you but it's not going to and it's not even not like it Osprey had like um really did much in the heavyweight division. That's what really confuses me with it. It's like, he's mostly been a junior over there. I, I, 
I don't know. I, I'm this is I'm kind of separated out on this, but from what you're just you remember watching Nitro and you would have some cruiserweight guys who would do some stuff that would look cool, but then uh, they never really seem to go anywhere. Yeah. From what you're describing, that kind of sounds like Osprey. No, he's a little better than that. Like he's not. Okay. He's not terrible. Like he's been in like they are legitimately good matches. Like he's just a flavor that doesn't really strike me. And I think he has a lot of flaws that get overlooked. But he's not. He's not. He's not terrible. A year ago, uh, Will Ospreay is not better than any version of Shawn Michaels. That's happening. No, but Look, I mean, uh, there was a long stretch where I didn't, I didn't like Shawn Michaels at all because of, you know, how he treated people and that sort of stuff. And then Matt mentioned, you know, his return run. I really liked his return run. You know, he's he's putting people, he's doing business. You know, he's not, you know, he's not having to win every damn thing. That's what, you know, it was a, it was a really good run. He was doing really good work and he was also incidentally really good at getting people in gate. Like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm coming around on it, but no, I, I can say no dudes. I, I don't understand how someone that Ric Flair holds as a peer. You're going to say that this dude who's what Osprey's what, what in his mid late you're going to say that Osprey is better than any version of him. Come on. That's that. You got your Mark flag out there, man. That's yeah. that, that don't work. It, it's what, again, I hate to keep harping on that specific example, but it, it, it still bothers me like two years in. If you want to make the argument, it's like, well, I think he's as good as any of these guys like Shawn Michaels back in the day. That's, that's, debatable but it's at least something that people could maybe get behind where it's like i think he's as good as some of the best people in the last like 25 years but to be like oh no he's better it's like what has he done to prove that like not to not to like uh, kevin nash was like what because he did a lot of flippy shit <laughs> vanilla midget doing a lot of bunch of <laughs> fucking flips come on i never oh. would have expected that to come around in in prominence look, the same look, way look you can you can put him? Just, uh, <laughs> come on, man! It's, it's, a, it's a fucking work. Come on, it's a See, fucking work. You know, he's the vanilla I, midget. He's just go out there and does they... a bunch of flips, makes pose to the crowd. Like, what are you gonna do? I think come I on, would man. be less rankled by it if they had actually okay, kind of been building to <laughs> Osprey. But like I said, like he really hasn't done a lot in the heavyweight division, so that's it was really like kind of out of left field, in my opinion. But eh, what do I'm I know? Gonna... Jump on Matt's tangent for a second. I'm gonna jump on Matt's tangent for just a second, but I'm I, I find Kevin Nash actually kind of fascinating to listen to, with the caveat when he's not talking about himself. Yes, because then I can't believe like the only thing that I I will get on with on that is um, when Nancy Grace had him on and he just absolutely blistered her because. Uh, it'd be a real risky move to lie about something there's videotape footage of. But, you know, if, if, if Nash is talking about somebody else and he's not involved in it, like nobody else is involved in he's telling a story about other people that he's not involved with. It's like, okay, he entertaining guy, you know, he has a good story. Like, okay, I, I get it. But then he's like, 
Well, then it's, you know, I was doing this thing with Scott, and I'm, I'm immediately like, uh-huh, yeah, sure you were, Nash. Uh-huh, yeah, tell me about tell me about how you were the most biggest badass, or tell me about how you were the most miss or something like that. Like, I, I'm my skepticism immediately shoots through the roof. It's it's a weird dichotomy to be in, you know, it's a, where there's it's like there's a toggle switch that goes back and forth about it. It's like, oh, I'm engaged, and I'm interested in something. Sorry, tangent. Well, I think I think we'll I think we're gonna close it up shop for this one um, this week, uh, just because it's getting late on our end. But um, yeah, so that's a, that's kind of like yeah. the current events right now. Um, maybe is is Mania this weekend? Yes. Are oh. either of you guys watching it, or do any of us even have Peacock? Because I do not. I don't even have access to watch it anymore. Yeah, I I no longer have access because my WWE Network uh, subscription ended when they switched everything over to Peacock on Sunday, and I have not signed up for Peacock. Okay. Uh, I I am not signing Peacock. I don't want to. Yeah, that's you know, screw that. I'm I, not... I I might down the road, and I kind of am interested in seeing some of Takeover, but I I I don't think I'm going to do it. There's yeah. like. There's nothing. I don't even really know what's on the Mania card. I know, I know Reigns, Daniel Bryan and Edge are, and then McIntyre and Lashley. But past the oh, and um, Sasha and Bianca. But that's really all I know that's on the cards. Oh, you mean you're not you're not hanging on every word of versus Bad Bunny. <laughs> to give credit though, Bad Bunny is a guy who seems to have been a fan his whole life, and he's like apparently working really hard. To make this a doable thing, so you know what? Props to him. No, I, I, I love. You know it what? He can be fine, but he's in. involved with the Miz, which is automatically I don't pay attention to it because the Miz is terrible. I, uh, I don't personally like care about that at all about his, his, his match or, or anything at all. The one thing I will give him credit for, and people have noted this on social media, like he has like thirty-seven million people that follow him on ig or whatever yeah which is like far and away by like by th- like factors of five or six like multipliers of five by five or six yeah the most followers more followers than anyone like the wwe like someone like sasha banks has like five something a million people who follow her on yeah. ig i mean i follow her on ig for the very specific and she's very pretty <laughs> and she posts a lot of like you know photos of her looking really attractive uh and she only has like five five millions of people bad bunny has like six times that but maybe like seven times that it's like yeah. he actually is a much bigger star arguably than anyone who's on uh wrestlemania including like the top the main event matches and so he's got all of that and he's showing up to do a match because he wants to. It's. It, I mean, if yeah. I was a lifelong fan and all of a sudden I had the opportunity to work a match at Mania, like hell, I would do it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I can respect that. I can. I can definitely respect. It's like um, that SummerSlam years back with Stephen Amell. Like, it, it wasn't just that Amell was in a match. It was Amell trained really hard, showed up for this match, and then took the heat. Like, he had a good match. Yeah, he did. He did a good job. I respect the hell out of that. 
But, I think the uh, problem. I think the problem with this one is, is that Bad Bunny is more over and more compelling and selling more merch than their regular stars. I think is where the problem currently is. Not that he's having a match. That they they have so neutered their entire roster that he's yeah he over. hands down he uh, this is like a month or two ago but they he they put out merch for him. Mm. On the WWE uh, shop zone, he—I want to say he had like, like three or four different shirts, mm-hmm. and his shirts were literally in the top five. They were like every like if he had three shirts, they were like three out of the five of the top five spots for his shirts. Like he far and away made more money than anyone else, mm-hmm. and that's kind of an indictment of your like action. Yeah. Product and your stuff. But I will give him credit. Like I, I full props to this to Bad Bunny. He that happened. He because he's already a celebrity. He's already like he has money. He announced that he was donating all of his proceeds to uh, I think to charity. I forget. He's it was a specific charity, but I forgot. But yeah, I mean, he did the cool thing. It's like I'm a celebrity. Like I got money. Like I'm just gonna use my I'm going to use his profits to uh, to help other people out, which is, to me, very respectable. I commend him for that. Um, also, my wife sent this to me earlier. Apparently, they used the last for me. Uh, two for Big Red Show and all that's a is three concerts. You know, allow me to make the world's most shiny role here. I hate that. But I don't know. We can touch ranges like WrestleMania guests they've ever had. Who was the dude Popper went after with the fire extinguisher? Oh, that was Morton Phil Downey Donahue. Jr. No, Morton Downey Jr. Oh yeah, Morton Downey. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay. That 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 still. Uh, knowing full well that this is a work and that sort of stuff, that still cracks me the hell up to this day. That was but, like, a big you know, comeback from Hollywood at the time. Thank you. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it still to this day just absolutely cracks me. But uh, all right. Well, everybody, thank you for being with us for this episode. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we would love to hear from you on social media, all of our social media platforms, and over on YouTube. Give us a subscribe and a thumbs up. That would engagement is what really drives the algorithm over on YouTube. So, um, like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff will will make us more visible and that sort of thing. And so, this is Chad with Matt and Brad. We've been three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we will see you next time.